0: Welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Eson. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, Ephesians 2, 8, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We want to speak on a nursing divine grace. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 and verse 20 that where sin abounds, is that grace superabounds. Is that the law was introduced that the offense might abound? So where sin abounds, God's grace superabounds. Brethren, sin is in the world now. You don't need anyone to tell you that look, things are going bonkers. But it doesn't matter how dark the darkness may be. The grace of God is always more than sufficient to see us through. So we keep hearing, oh, by his grace, by his grace. What is actually grace? What is actually grace? Grace is a lubricant of the Christian journey. You see, we are on a long marathon journey. When I first gave my life to Christ from years back, I had battles with sin in my flesh. And I was so determined to get sin out of my life. You know, I was working so hard. I was born again. And God was helping me. got girlfriends out of my life. I got cigarettes out of my life. I got all those things. I was working at I got them out of my life. But after getting them out of my life, I was afraid. When temptations will come again. Ah, I was now telling myself, is this how I'm going to do this journey for the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years? What happens Even 30 years... Jesus didn't come. How would I survive these temptations? That was when God began to teach me about grace. So it's the lubricant of the Christian journey. When your car, lacks St. oil, what happens? It begins to malfunction. And if care is not taken very soon, it breaks down. So Christians who don't understand the grace of God, they don't go far. Christians who don't understand the grace of God, they buckle under temptation. The Bible says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Romans 6 and 14. So if sin is dominating you, that means you don't know grace yet. It says, for sin shall not have dominion because you are not under the law. The law of Moses was introduced so that the law will point them to Jesus, who is the Savior, who is grace personified. So the whole essence of the law is to make man see how sinful he is. And then to now point him to the Savior... will save him. If sin is dominating you, that means you haven't really encountered grace. Because what grace comes to do is to strengthen you. What grace comes to do is to enable you. And there are three dimensions of grace. Grace is God's supernatural energy or ability working in man. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, Philippians 2, 12, 13, it says it is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure." So, in every believer, God is working in him to will and to do. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of grace. So, when a man receives Christ, he receives the power of God to begin to live as a son of God, as a daughter of God. John 1 12 says, For as many as received him today, give gave power to become the sons of God. So, there's a power that can destroy sin, there's a power that can make you overcome addictions. There's a power that can make you overcome habits, destructive habits. And that power is all about grace. We are not just ordinary beings. There's a supernatural force working within us. There's a spiritual force working in us that makes us to say no to unrighteousness and to worldly passions. So grace is so important. It's God's divine energy. Grace is also beauty. It's comeliness. It's God's favor. It's God's mercy. God says, I will honor you if you honor me. God actually honors people. God actually glorifies people. God actually makes people's life become better. so God can honor you if you honor him. So the opposite of grace is disgrace. so grace is comely, grace is beautiful grace is glorious grace is attractive grace is beauty is God's beauty upon a man upon a woman and I see that grace coming upon you much more than before in Jesus mighty name. So grace is God's unmerited favor. It's God's mercy that is unmerited. It's God's undeserved favor. Grace also talks about gifts. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. Romans chapter 12 verse 6 says we have gifts that differ from one another. So the word grace in Greek also means charis. Grace talks about charis. It's a charisma that goes with the gift that God has given you. So grace talks about God's divine energy. That's number one dimension. Number two, he also talks about beauty, about God's mercies, about God's favor. He also talks about God's gifting. The Bible makes us to know that we stand by grace. Romans chapter five and verse two, it says we have access by faith into the grace of God. We have access by faith into the grace of God. Wherein we stand, we stand on the platform of grace. We are able to survive what Satan would throw at us because we stand. On the platform of grace. And invariably, when you make it to heaven, you will know it's just a pure, sheer work of God's grace. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. So we stand on God's platform of grace and we access that platform by faith. By faith in God, by faith in Christ. It's my prayer you will not fall from that platform of grace in the mighty name of Jesus. It's my prayer you will keep on moving from grace to grace in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says that we are sin abounds. Grace superbound So we stand, not by might, not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. There's a divine hand that you cannot see that is upholding you. The Bible says, underneath us is everlasting hands. God upholds us. Romans chapter 14 verse 4. Romans 14 4 says, God is able to make you stand. Amen? Say, so who are you to judge another man's servant? He said, to the man's master, he stands or he falls. But he said, even if the guy falls, God is able to make him stand. So God is able to make you stand and you will stand in Jesus' mighty name. So we stand on that platform of grace because underneath us is his everlasting hands. Another thing about grace is that we are saved by grace through faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8-9 to nine, By grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. And the Bible says that those that God foreknew, he also predestined that they be conformed to the image of Christ. So before you give your life to Christ, God knew you, and He predestined you to be conformed to Christ. So in a nutshell, you're giving your life to God is not entirely your image. It is God that was working behind the scenes. And the Bible says those that God predestined, He called, and those that He called, He justified. Romans eight twenty nine to thirty said those that God predestined, those that He knew beforehand, He called them, He drew them by grace and those that he drew he justified he forgave their sins forgive their past he made them brand new he forgave their past so that he may glorify them the old essence of you coming to christ that god wants to glorify you he wants to make a masterpiece of his glory so we are saved by grace through faith we are even called as christians we are called by grace And whatever call you think you have, it is the grace of God that made you who you are. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, Paul said, look, I was called by grace. So the calling that came to him was by grace. It's also true that whatever we you're going to become in the kingdom tomorrow will be a work of grace. And that also leads to the fact that our destinies are fulfilled by grace. Brethren, God doesn't make mistakes. God is a God of plan and purposes and intentions. So there's a divine purpose to you. You may not know it now, but I pray you will know it. There's a reason why God called you out of darkness. There's a reason. There's something about you. There's a purpose that God will have you follow. And that purpose, that destiny will be fulfilled by grace. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. As a matter of fact, he said that was the list of the apostles. He was a terrorist, terrorizing the church, and God struck him down, brought him low, and called him, and he became the great apostle Paul. He wrote two thirds of the New Testament. That's not a small feat. But he said, "Look, I became what I am because of the grace of God." He now went on to say that, "Look, it's not even me." He said, "And his grace towards me was not in vain, but I laboured more than them all." Paul realized that, "Look, I did well than all the other apostles. I laboured better than them because of grace." And that's why the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, So you can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. So there's a divine energy within you. Always remember, there's a divine strength that comes along with you. So you can do more. You can labor more. You can stretch yourself by grace. You can excel. You can labor diligently by grace. That was what Paul said. He said, labor more than all the other apostles. Say, yet not I but the grace of God working effectually within me. It's my prayer in intervention of grace will come upon you in Jesus' mighty name. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. It is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we excel and we are able to labor more deliberately by grace. It's only a matter of grace. We also can endure situations that will not easily change by grace. And this is big. We can endure situations that will not easily change by grace. Let me just read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7. Paul was writing and he said, "Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me." And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So when I am weak in myself, then I can latch on to the grace of God. I can latch on to the strength of God. Brethren, it is true there are some situations that you may not be able to change easily. You see, here, Paul had a physical condition. It was a painful physical infirmity that he was carrying in his flesh. And he said he went to God three times. Say, said, Lord, take this thing away from me. Take it away. Take it away. This is not part of the covenant. Take it away. Yank it off me. And God said, no, I will not take it away. My grace is sufficient for you. Because, you see, Paul had seen visions. He had raised the dead. He had been catapulted to the third heavens. He had seen paradise over and over. He wasn't just a mere apostle. He was a sinner apostle. As a matter of fact, an anchor from him were healing, the Bible says God performed special miracles through the hands of Paul. Acts chapter 19 verse 11. He said God performed special miracles. So Paul was working with God and God had to teach him humility. He allowed Satan to buffet him. And he prayed said, Lord, take this thing away, take it away. But God said, no way, you have to learn to live with this thing for a while because my grace is sufficient for you. So even the stuff you are going through, maybe you have been praying over a particular stuff for a while, the grace of God is sufficient. In other words, the grace of God will make you not to sorrow like others who have no hope. The grace of God will make you not to be hopeless like others who have no hope. The grace of God will make you not to say, oh, I'm done. No, you can't be done. Amen. Because the spirit that is in you is a restless spirit. Because of that spirit, you can always keep bouncing back again. You cannot be done with the Holy Spirit. It's in there with you. So we can endure situations. Because there was this serenity prayer that we know. is a very serious prayer. Lord, give me the grace to bear the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can change. And the wisdom to know the difference. I mean, when I first gave my life to Christ, I thought all things were changeable. And believe me, with God, all things are possible. But somehow, I'm getting to realize that, look, God is sovereign. God does as he pleases. That's why you worship him. There are some things that God will not just change because he's God. We are not going to get answers to them on this side of eternity. It's where we get to heaven. That's where you begin to explain things to us. Why didn't do some things? There are some things that may not readily change but the grace of God will be sufficient for you. And that's actually how the power of God comes in. Because when you get to the end of yourself, that power kicks in. That's why Paul said, look, when I'm weak in myself, then I'm actually strong. He got to a point he was even bragging about his infirmity. He was boasting about it. He was rejoicing. So brethren, you are not hopeless. There's no failure in Christ. We can even endure things we cannot change because of the grace of God. And it's my prayer that grace will kick in mightily into your life in Jesus' mighty name. My grace is all you need, for my power is greatest when you are weak. I'm most happy then to be proud of my weaknesses in order to feel the protection of Christ's power over me. So, we keep fighting the good fight of faith, even by grace. That prayer said, give me the courage to change the things I cannot change. For you to move some mountains, you need some anointing. And that anointing is in you. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord. Don't be strong in yourself. You can't move those mountains by yourself. He said be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. He said be strong in the grace of God. So you can pray by the grace of God. It's never your own ability. You see, everything that is flesh, God will fight it. Everything, where you keep leaning on the hands of flesh, God will always fight it. God doesn't want flesh. God wants total dependence on his grace. Oh, he wants total dependence on his grace. You have to realize about life, the race is not always to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to men of favor. The fastest guy doesn't always win the race. The strongest doesn't always win the battle. But it is God that makes the difference. So if you want to keep shining, oh, just wrap yourself around grace. Wrap yourself around God. That Lord is all about you and never about me. By strength shall no man prevail. It's always by the grace of God. It's my prayer that grace will be multiplied unto you in Jesus' mighty name. We are also instructed and trained in righteousness by grace. Why some people keep falling into sin is because they haven't actually trained themselves. If you have been a sinner for 30 years and you now give your life to Christ when you are 30, <laughs> you need some training to do not to look at things that are not good. You need some training to do with the lust of the flesh, some training to do with the lust of the high, some training to do with the pride of life. So there's some training to do because you have been trained to be a sinner. Now you have to be trained to be righteous. You are not righteous in yourself, but by the power of God. So, grace also teaches us and trains us to be righteous. And that's big. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that grace teaches us to live soberly, righteously, godly in this world as we await the coming of Jesus Christ. So, that grace came. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 13. So for the grace of God that brings salvation appear to all men, teaching us to say no, to sin, and then to live righteously, godly, in this world as we await the coming of the Lord. Sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9, Hebrews 13 9 says, it's a good thing that the heart be established by grace. So if you see yourself just thinking good thoughts, if you see yourself being able to eject bad thoughts just like that, is the grace of God working in your life? So it is a good thing that the heart be established in righteousness by grace. Hebrews 13:9. So, the grace of God is all a compassion. And if you are going to go the long haul with God, you are better learn to always embrace the grace of God. Because that's all we have. That's all we have. And we also receive God's blessings, our inheritance by grace. John chapter 1 verse 16, John chapter 1 verse 16 in the Good News Bible, out of the fullness of his grace, he has blessed us all, giving us one blessing after another. Out of the fullness of his grace, he has blessed us all, giving us one blessing after another. We receive because of grace. And that's why grace can also be termed God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. We have access to God's riches. We have access to God's blessings because of the cross of Calvary. Jesus paid for it all. He purchased our redemption. When he died on the cross, he purchased your healing on the cross. He purchased your forgiveness. He purchased your salvation. So Jesus has paid for it all. And it was a pure work of grace. So it's now for you and I to learn how to receive. And the Bible says when we pray, we should believe that we receive. I mean, shall have it. So we receive by thanksgiving. We receive because it's all being paid for. It's not by works of righteousness, it's by the message of God. We are also able to accomplish difficult tasks and assignments also by grace. Zechariah was building a temple in Jerusalem, and he got to a point where he got stuck with the temple project. And he was discouraged. And God came to him and said, Zechariah is not by power, it's by my spirit. Zechariah was able to accomplish this difficult task, Because of grace. So every difficult task in your life too will be surmounted because of grace in Jesus' mighty name. So when we talk about grace, we talk about Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14 For the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all forevermore. So grace has to do with Jesus Christ. Love has to do with God the Father. And of course fellowship. Communion. Fellowship. Friendship has to do with the Holy Spirit. For the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship. It's not just a cliche that we see in church. So when you hear grace, let Jesus come to mind. That is grace personified. The son of God that became the son of man, that the sons of men might become the sons of God. That is grace. Because of his mercies, he came to die for us. So now the big thing is this. How do we access this grace? To access this grace, get born again. Because by getting born again, you encounter grace. Jesus is actually the grace I'm talking about. So when you encounter Jesus, you encounter a new dimension of grace. And as you grow in Jesus, you are also growing in grace. Because grace can actually increase. How does grace come? Grace comes by humility. And this beats me. In James chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible says God receives the proud and he gives grace to the humble. How can you access grace by steering up the Holy Spirit within you? I told you that spirit is called the spirit of grace. So by steering up the spirit of God within you, by praying in other tongues, you are actually having more grace. Before you know it, you start hearing God clearly. You start knowing what he wants to do in your future. The Bible says, if we live by the spirit, we should also keep in step with the spirit. The Bible also tells us some people make nonsense of grace. They make a mockery of grace. He says, these people, in the name of grace, they live licentious lives. They live anyhow. Grace can also become disgrace. There was a guy called Saul, King Saul. God gave him grace. From nothing, he became king. Just came up, just like that. But when he became king, he became proud. And God brought him low again. Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, he accomplished so much. After building Babylon, he said, wow! i super king he gave all the glory to himself and god turned into an animal He was in the bush for seven years and for those seven years god kept his throne vacant nobody could occupy the throne because he wanted to teach him a lesson brethren god teaches people lesson until we see christ in glory we are going to keep on fighting sin we are going to have struggles in the flesh but the grace of god is more than sufficient because we are sin abounds grace super abounds the courage to fight sin is within you. You can say no because grace is also an instructor of righteousness. Thank you for listening, and make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.